Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. You are listening to Christmas and Holy Days by guest minister, Reverend Bob Arbogast. It's good to be with all of you uh, today on the fifth day of Christmas. I want to bring greetings from the several congregations of uh, Celebration Fellowship, our congregations at the Dorms facility at Bellamy Creek Correctional and at Hanlon Correctional. And I also want to, on behalf of Celebration Fellowship, to say a big thank you for your prayers, for your presence, and for your gifts. All of that taken together helps us to be church, which is what we are and what we want to be more than anything as Celebration Fellowship. So thank you. Thank you so much. We have more than one scripture reading this morning. The first one is from the seventh chapter of the book of Isaiah. You've probably heard this passage more than once during the Advent and Christmas season this year. Actually, just going to read two verses. Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. And then Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Praise the Lord. And finally, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke in the third chapter, beginning at verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. The Gospel of God's Messiah. Have you ever noticed that Christmas is the only time all year when we say, Merry? We say, Happy New Year. We'll say that in a couple of days. We say, Happy Easter. We sing, Happy Birthday. But we don't say, Happy Christmas. That's because Christmas is more than happy. 
Christmas is also a time of peace. And Christmas is a time when we settle snugly into a deep and comforting joy. All of that together makes Christmas merry. I think Christmas is merry because it's filled with stored-up energy, the kind of energy a runner has right before a race begins, the kind of energy that has the runner coiled but ready to unwind in long strides. Christmas has a freshness to it, a freshness that never gets old, a freshness that makes it merry. And the freshest thing about Christmas, of course, is baby Jesus. doesn't matter how many babies you look at, and it doesn't matter how many babies you hold, every baby is brand new. Every baby is filled with possibilities. Every baby has who knows how many races to run. That was especially true with baby Jesus. Think about how amazing baby Jesus is. Like any other baby, he's tiny. Like any other baby, he's helpless. But unlike any other baby, baby Jesus is almighty God. Like any other baby, he's a demanding bundle of flesh and blood, so frail, so human. But unlike any other baby, baby Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So all those manger scenes with wise men and shepherds and angels, with sheep and cows and chickens, and with Mary and Joseph, and even with a little drummer boy, every one of them looking at baby Jesus with awe and with wonder and with adoration, all those manger scenes, they have it just right. Because Jesus, baby Jesus, is the king of all creation. Every bit of that Christmas scene is amazing. And it's amazing because God becomes one of us. Imagine it. God, a human being. God, a human baby fresh from his mother's womb. No wonder we're more than happy. No wonder we're merry at Christmas. Now, Christmas comes every year. And as Christmas approaches, we start thinking about the incarnation, about God becoming human. But almost as soon as Christmas is over, we tend to stop thinking about the incarnation. We start with baby Jesus, but we also stop with baby Jesus. We stop with Jesus still at the starting line. We stop when Jesus isn't even old enough to run. We stop because we don't want to think about the race Jesus will have to run. 
We stop because we don't want to think about the finish line. Not now. Not if we don't have to. We stop because for once, at Christmas time, we don't want to think about what a bloody mess Jesus will be at the end of the race. And that's okay, too. It's certainly understandable. But if you ask me, we stop our thinking too soon because there's more to the story of God becoming human. There's more than just the starting line in Bethlehem followed by the finish line at the cross. There's a lot more, in fact, and we should pay attention to it. That's why we read those few verses from Luke chapter 3 this morning. Luke tells us that Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. 30 years old. Think about that. We know almost nothing about those 30 years. All we really know for sure about those 30 years is what the Bible tells us. Jesus was conceived while Herod the Great was king of Israel. Jesus was born while Caesar Augustus was the Roman emperor. Jesus was circumcised when he was eight days old. Jesus was presented in the temple when he was 40 days old. Jesus and his family were visited by wise men before he was a toddler. Jesus and his family were refugees in Egypt for a time. Jesus and his family settled in the village of Nazareth. Jesus and his family visited the temple every year at Passover. Jesus stayed behind in the temple when he was 12. And Jesus learned and practiced his father's trade until he was 30 years old. Now, when we make a list like that, it sounds like we know a lot about Jesus, doesn't it? Sounds like we know a lot about those 30 years. But not really. Besides those discrete events, most of what we have are blanks. And that's okay. Because even with all the blanks, all the in-between spaces, those 30 years are amazing. And what's amazing is this. The Holy Spirit came upon the Virgin Mary and she conceived and bore a son. And her little baby, baby Jesus, was Almighty God. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. God with us. But Jesus wasn't God with us only when he was a helpless little baby. He wasn't God with us only when his mother Mary was treasuring up things in her heart. And he wasn't God with us only when the wise men gave him gifts. Jesus wasn't God with us only when he was a grown man teaching the people, healing the sick, and feeding the multitudes. He wasn't God with us only when he was facing down Pharisees and Sadducees and the chief priests and Pontius Pilate. And he wasn't God with us only when he was hanging on the cross or when he walked away from the tomb. No, Jesus was God with us every day of his first 30 years. 
He was God with us when he and his family were refugees running for their lives to Egypt. He was God with us when he was taking his first steps and saying his first words. He was God with us when he was learning how to read and write. And he was God with us when he was figuring out how to make friends. Jesus was God with us when he started working with tools. He was God with us when he was sick with fever. He was God with us at every party and every funeral in Nazareth, including when his father Joseph died. And he was God with us when he joined the crowd heading to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Whatever else Christmas means, it means this at least, that God has come to live among us as one of us, and that for his first 30 years, Jesus lives an ordinary human life. He isn't calling disciples. He isn't healing the sick. He isn't walking on water. Like anyone else, each morning Jesus says his prayers, eats his breakfast, and begins his day's work. And each night, with thanksgiving to God, he lays his tired body down to sleep. And he does it all, day after day, for 30 years. Let me jump to the finish line for just a moment. We won't stay there, not today. Just, just a moment, just long enough, just long enough to remember an old Christian tradition. I wonder if you know this tradition. It says that Jesus made the grave itself holy by being buried after he died. Jesus made the grave itself, every grave, holy by being buried after he died. That's an old Christian tradition. Now think about that. If every grave is holy because Jesus spent three days, more or less, in his own grave, then imagine how holy everyday life is. After all, Jesus spent 30 years living his own everyday life. Jesus lived in the midst of his family for 30 years. That means our family life is holy. Jesus ate three meals a day for 30 years. That means every breakfast, every lunch, every dinner is holy. Jesus worked at his trade six days a week, year after year. That means our work is holy. Jesus prayed every day for 30 years. That means our everyday prayers are holy. Jesus attended who knows how many weddings and funerals. That means our weddings and our funerals are holy. Jesus rested every week on the Sabbath day. That means our rhythm of work and rest is holy. 
Now, when I say holy, I don't mean that every part of our lives reflects the beauty and the perfection of Jesus. No, what I mean when I say holy is that every part of our lives gives us a chance to offer ourselves to the glory of God. Every part of our lives gives us a chance to ask ourselves, how can I glorify God in this? How can I glorify God in this day, in this moment, in this activity? After his first 30 years, Jesus took a crash course in glorifying God. And he offered himself completely. There's the finish line again. But he didn't just glorify God at the finish line. No, he glorified God all the way, even during his first 30 years, even during his ordinary, everyday human years. And here's the thing. Those 30 ordinary years invite us to live our whole life in the name of Jesus. Those 30 God-glorifying years invite you and me to live every day to the glory of God. You see, every part of our lives is holy. Because in every part of our lives, God is with us. Because in every part of our lives, Jesus is there first. Christmas may be the one day out of the year that's merry. But thanks to Jesus, thanks to his incarnation, Every day is holy. That's worth celebrating, too. So, Merry Christmas and Happy Holy Days. Glory and thanks be to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, how extraordinary that you lived an ordinary life for so many years. How extraordinary that you were occupied with the sorts of things that occupy us day in and day out. How extraordinary those things become when we inhabit those places, those spaces, those activities, those events with you. Jesus, May every part of our lives indeed be holy. Help us by your Spirit to live moment by moment and day by day and year by year for the glory of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.